The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. Joining us on round two this morning, Sabrina Nanji with the Queen's Park Observer, uh, the principal of BroadwayStrategy.com and the man behind Touchdowns and Fumbles, heard Fridays here on News Talk 1010, Bob Reed, and last but certainly not least, Gavin Tai, a Toronto lawyer. So good morning to you all and happy Valentine's Day to you all. Happy Valentine's Day. All right. Uh, Sabrina, I'll start with you because it's a Queen's Park story. And I had a bet with Tim Hudak earlier this morning on round one that uh, he, 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 well, I made him take afternoon. I took before noon that Doug Ford to do away with this because it just is one of those things that I don't think sits right. But it's this idea that the LCBO will start on a pilot project basis in northern Ontario in very select uh, communities, checking electronically checking IDs and then collecting the data that, that they get off your driver's license, where, what, when you were born, what your name and address is, and so on and so forth, supposedly only keeping that data for 14 days, and they're doing it as a means of cutting down on shoplifting. This doesn't strike me as the kind of thing that sits well with Doug Ford as kind of a populist, but maybe you disagree. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i sure Doug Ford is listening to this now and is probably not happy about it. I mean, rarely does the premier's office not know, you know, what its agencies are doing. But we have kind of heard Doug Ford use the excuse that the bureaucrats um, have a mind of their own. Uh, and I do think there are a lot of uh, questionable aspects of this pilot project. Um, I, I know it had success in, in Manitoba, but I think for, for me, what, what stood out is the fact that the pilots and, and where they're taking place, you know, Thunder Bay, Kenora, Sioux Lookout, these are places with, uh, you know, high populations of Indigenous folks. And I, I worry that this is going to become targeted or, or discriminatory. Certainly, it seems to have the potential for that. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of questions about even the cost of this, you uh, you know, installing these scanners for IDs, basically having LCBO bouncers, that's more staff. And while I agree that, you know, we need to do something about the shoplifting and, and you know, underage folks get, getting access, um, you know, this isn't something that, this is kind of an extreme that a lot of other places and other jurisdictions don't have, I guess, with the exception of Manitoba. So I'm sure that, that you know, Doug Ford is going to really be thinking about this. Uh, but at the same time, he could just let it play out. He could. Uh, Gavin, uh, I'll ask you about the legal and then maybe Bob Reed about the kind of, I'll call it PR aspects of this. Do you think there's any, you know, legal grounds on which anybody could challenge this as being potentially, yeah, it's a pilot project, but discriminatory based on the fact it's in some communities and not all? It's been done in Manitoba, so maybe they went through all this and decided it was legal and it actually has cut down on the shoplifting in Manitoba. But what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think that, uh, I don't know that you could challenge it on the basis of the communities, although I certainly understand the demographic issue that is raised. I think that the application of this is interesting. I mean, what we're talking about is basically the liquor store carting people. Mm. Uh, and we've certainly had lots of controversy uh, in this in this city with respect to carting by police. And so, I mean, and what the other thing too is when you take up information, uh, personal information with respect to people, you've got an obligation to safeguard that information. So you've got all sorts of information of so-and-so went to the liquor store on this particular date. Uh, all their personal information is going to be stored theoretically on some database. I, I, I don't believe that anything evaporates after 14 right. days. Uh, it never evaporates. So where does that information go? And is there a possibility for hacking? Is there all that? I mean, there's all sorts of permutations with that. And I just don't understand really how this is effective in terms of of loss prevention, uh, which I think is the is the basic premise to it. it but I mean, you see in the liquor store now. I mean, I don't know if you've if you've been in a liquor store recently, there's there are security guards in the liquor store. There are uniform security. 
the the more expensive items in the liquor store are locked up in lockers. I mean, the, the LCBO has got a real problem with shoplifting. And I think partly it's because they just seem to do nothing. If people shoplift, I think their orders are just let them run out with the stuff. They've got to do something about uh, loss prevention in the LCBO, but I don't know if this is the answer. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I, well, I'll be more definitive and say I don't I don't think it is the answer. But, Bob, turning to you, Bob Reed, uh, you know, is this a touchdown or a fumble? I, I think it's a fumble, and I think that they will end up reversing it because it's just a lot of the things Gavin and, and uh, Sabrina have mentioned are just not things that sound like they've been thought through, notwithstanding that it's uh, got a precedent in Manitoba. Yeah, I, I think your money is safe on on that bet that you've got going, John. I don't think this will survive very long at all for the reasons that Gavin and, and Sabrina went through, and, and there are a lot of them. It strikes me as uh, as, as kind of a sledgehammer versus a, a fly swatter with respect to uh, how sweeping this would be and how problematic it would be from an optic standpoint. And, and Gavin really zeroed in on it uh, in in that uh, it's, it's so reminiscent and would stir up so many of the really uh, raw nerves when it comes to uh, police carding in the city of Toronto and everything that that, that, that went with that. So I, I can't see this as flying. I can't see it as Sabrina says as something that Doug Ford would be behind. And uh, again, John, I think, you're, I think your bet money is pretty safe. I don't think this will last very long at all. Well, we'll see. Uh, so uh, Toronto Police, and I, I live not too far from Mount Sinai Hospital, and there's always a police car sitting out front because I think in the past there have been instances where, same as with synagogues, there have been anti-Semitic uh, behaviors that have been exhibited. And of course, we've seen a lot more tension since the uh, October 7th uh, terrorist uh, attack on Israel and uh, subsequent demonstrations here in the city. But we're into something wholly different now, again, not dissimilar to the Avenue Road 401 protest, which was sort of in the heart of the Jewish community, this one being uh, uh, demonstrations that sort of focused on the hospital most associated with the Jewish community and some of the people that were involved in those protests say no it was just by chance we happened to stop by that hospital and I don't think anybody you know really believes that but uh, Mark Mendelson did suggest earlier on this morning and I'll put this uh, first to you uh, Gavin uh, that um, uh, the police may have been caught a bit short uh, on this in terms of not having allocated more than I think I think the story says two officers to this particular protest and then it allowed the law to be broken because hospitals are not supposed to be subject to protests and and uh, do you think the police have some work to do on this? I, I do. Uh, I have heard uh, sort of anecdotally about um, uh, pe- people, doc- one physician leaving the hospital. I don't know if this is a true story or not, but I had heard anecdotally that they had been swarmed, if you will, by a crowd uh, and harassed uh, at the time. I mean, this is just completely unacceptable. I, I understand that this is a issue that in- invokes a lot of um passion among uh, people and the people are on either side of this particular dispute feel a certain way but we you know there are safe spots in this city i mean it is wrong to target any community specifically any community and to go to the heart of what is you know a icon of the jewish community here in toronto and a institution of of great repute uh and to terrorize people frankly it's just it's just unconscionable in my view bob i don't want to pigeonhole you as totally the touchdowns and fumbles guy but to go back to that very good kind of way of looking at things. I, I said earlier on today, I think, you know, I don't, forgetting about, you know, people should have the right to protest and the police are there oftentimes to protect that right and to protect everybody to be kept safe. But I don't think it helps the cause of those who are out trying to draw attention to the situation in Gaza to be now getting engaged in this whole business of, of, of 
of looking like they targeted a, a, a sort of a Jewish community focused hospital. Uh, I just don't think it helps that cause. No, it certainly doesn't, John. And, and they, they need to, the protest organizers need to realize that as soon as they cross uh, a very clear line in the, in the minds of most of the public, they are going to lose support for the, uh, for their effort and for their position on whatever the issue happens to be. And we've, we've seen this in other manifestations over the years. Uh, as an example, I would say when protests have gone to political leaders' personal private homes and have been staged there. The public reaction has been very clear. That's offside. That's over the line. I don't care what your issue is or, or what cause you're trying to advance. I am not with you if you're going to resort to tactics like that. And this falls clearly in that category. Yeah, I had those weekly at my home, and I live in a condo, so the, the problem with it was it didn't bother me in the sense that, you know, it was a protest and I understood why they were there, but but it meant my neighbors in the condo building, for example, couldn't go outside through the entrance. It meant that there had to be extra security because people tried to storm the building, and it just really wasn't right when they could have gone a hundred other places, and I would have even gone and met with them, quite frankly, but they were at my residence. Sabrina, um, Premier Ford was quite outspoken about this, as were the leaders of the other governments, and uh, I, I think it's one of those things where that drumbeat just has to keep up to sure remind people that yes protest is fine but you know do it in a way that is respectful and peaceful yeah i agree with you i think politicians homes are off limits and certainly you know hospitals we have those those rules in place and i think we need more accountability from the organizers of these protests because even though they say you know it wasn't targeted it's this like spider-man character who always shows up and is scaling buildings and that's all this was i mean it's really hard to to buy that and see it that way especially because mount sinai has such a deep connection with you know our jewish community in toronto i mean the star of david is in its logo so i really do, you know, believe in the right to protest, but you're not doing yourself any favors um, by targeting the Jewish community. Go to Queen's Park, go to Parliament Hill, uh, go to City Hall. Uh, but, you know, the hospitals just stay out of there. Yeah, and you know, when you make mention of uh, them kind of saying it was just happened to be Mount Sinai, I mean, there's five hospitals, I think at least five on that sort of hospital row in University Avenue. And the notion that they just drew Mount Sinai out of a hat and showed up there, Spider-Man, is not you know, really too believable. Uh, we'll, we'll finish on a lighter note today. I never get through all these topics because uh, I probably talk too much. But having said all that, I want to finish on this survey that's out there that says 45% of men uh, plan to use artificial intelligence to compose their love notes for Valentine's Day. And I'll start with you on this, Sabrina. I mean, have we really got to the point, you know, where that's the best that men can do? And I'm, I'm a man too, but I mean, where, where if they want to have two or three sentences that tell their significant other on this day that's a about love, that uh, they love them and care for them, that, that they have to use AI to do it? I mean, don't give my husband any ideas, but I don't <laughs> think he would do it. I don't think he would do it. He knows I'm a writer, and I'm just telling you guys, women will know in particular, don't do it. Yeah, this is what said earlier on when I asked this question, I think on round one, and they said that many of the women would spot it a mile away. Uh, you know, Gavin, uh, you're a man, uh, you know, when you're a lawyer, you're meant to sort of use your words to advocate for people and so forth. Would you even think about doing this or would you either decide you didn't have to because you had enough in you to write your own or because you thought you might get caught? 
Oh, oh, I think you'll get caught. I think that uh, one of the things about AI is you're probably, you're, you, you know, your significant other will be comparing this lovely verse uh, with her friends, and all of a sudden it'll be the same yeah, verse. So of that. Be, be very careful. But, but I mean, it's almost, it's, it's just so fake and phony. I mean, uh, you're, you're writing these, this is supposed to be an intimate thing where you're, you know, this is, you're bearing your soul, and your soul is some, you know, algorithm i i just fit to me the whole thing is just uh horrible uh when you really get right down to it and who and and what are you trying to impress to try to, to pretend that you're somebody that you're not so i think i think most people will see right through it and i think it is a fool's game uh to try to do things of the heart with artificial intelligence last word to you bob reed well, we've seen how AI can go wrong with photo manipulation, where suddenly somebody has a third arm growing out of the middle of their forehead. Be careful with the Valentine's messages, guys. This could go seriously sideways. Exactly. That would be the uh, fumble to end all fumbles. Uh, Sabrina Nanji, Queen's Park Observer, Bob Reed from Broadway Strategy, and Gavin Tai, Toronto Lawyer. Thanks very much for joining us on the Roundtable. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.